Now batting for the sports animal, your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Albuquerque, you know what that means. Well, that means well, that means it's the day after the the Rained Out World Series, one day after Halloween, one day after what we call the aftermath of of Howie's. It's Howie's aftermath. <laughs> Is that about right? Pretty much. I wasn't able to join because of the corporate corvids, man. Best party, best party we ever had, all time. You just missed it. Sure. It's impossible for it to be the best party of all time if one Van Nunley wasn't there. GTFO, brother. Speaking of Van Nunley, I am Fred Robert, how are you? I am great. I'm just waiting for them. There they go. They just let me in. Take your time, Robert. What do we got to do? <laughs> there we go. I see you. Nice belt. Phil, Rob, is that the plan? Yeah, I see you. not coming through to me if you're there, Rob. I, don't, I really don't know what's going on in your end. Not in my ear either. Maybe it was this heck of a day that the NFL had with the trade deadline. Maybe that's what's got Robert so flabbergasted, so speechless. <laughs> there he is, Robert. I'm good. I am good. Uh, hello. Nice well, belt you behind you. I like the belt. What's up? The buttons can't click for you anymore? You can't figure this thing out? Yeah, man, I got it. I got it. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's the Howie's hangover. You got it bad. You had it at the Y this morning. Yeah. I, 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 oh, did you see? Did my boys sweat it out today at the YMCA? We surely oh, I did. I love that. We, Robert didn't have a jump shot, though. He had like a hop sh- shot. He had like a short shot. He had a he had a lot of shots last night at Howie's sports page, so he Boom. had no shot at the Y today. That, that was not true. That had to do with me having my first day of lifting <laughs> weights on Monday and being very sore. <laughs> So you're back in Robert, you're back you in shouldn't you shooting those flat footed jump shots like Robert Tractor Trailer Baby. Hey, but guess what? I won a game of horse with that. Hey. I just brought my microphone up a little bit so you boys tell me how you feel about that. We're all at the home studios today in solidarity with Van because Van is still on uh COVID suspension, but that expansion that expires tomorrow, Van. That is correct. Uh, I could be a normal person back out in the community once again tomorrow. And boy, did I pick a good day to come back because the boys are going to be rocking out at main event, baby. That'll be a main event tomorrow. That'll be very good. We're excited for that. We're going out there with Katie Bone and the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation on behalf of New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We'll be out there with Locker 505 collecting donations. It's going to be a banger of a day. We'll do some giveaways, have a lot of fun people through, and obviously talk sports and sports-adjacent content. Speaking of sports, we've got a world of sports today. Robert and I successfully covered scores and highlights from yesterday. But the big, the big everything today is the NFL trade deadline. Obviously, we'll go back and kind of recap college football over the weekend, including the Michigan State debacle. I don't know what other wordage to use for that. But all your favorite football players are on the move, including your team, the Detroit Lions van have given up their best offensive player and perhaps best player, TJ Hawkinson. He's headed over to the end division Vikings. Crazy. He's, he's going across the street. That is crazy. The, Robert, they said we hate TJ <laughs> Hawkinson so much here in Detroit. 
then we're going to trade him for for pittance and then after we trade him for pittance then we're going to we want to play him twice a year this is the plan <sighs> it's so dumb it is so dumb the whole tread the whole trade deadline directly affects me everything was a slap in the face because the packers didn't do anything the lions are selling off everything parlaying for the future the vikings got better the bears kind of went neutral and you're gonna love this trade once we talk about it fred and the packers did nothing why would they do anything they're done. Because they desperately need wide receivers, bro. <laughs> they're done. If you notice, the only teams that did anything are teams that know they're going to be there at the end. No, the Bears aren't doing it. The Bears what? stole <sighs> Pittsburgh Steelers' Chase Claypool yeah. right out of the hands of the Green Bay Packers and threw up two giant middle fingers to Packers Nation and said, yeah. nah, 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 look what we did, back <laughs> off. I don't Jeez know why you're heads. saying this about in division midseason trades. Like they're not; the, it's truly the end of the world for the Packers. <laughs> there is nothing that they did. They tried. They tried nothing. Chase Claypool, who I've been telling you for weeks, is there and available, and is the thing that Green Bay should do. They did not do it. They do not care about winning. Yep. The, here's what I, here's what happened today for Green Bay fan. Oh, didn't make a trade. Basically dead to me. Pretty they much. didn't get Aaron Rodgers any offensive line help. They obviously didn't get him any receiver help. And there's a lot of studs on the market for pennies on the dollar. They didn't go after uh, Odell Beckham. They didn't go after Chase Claypool. They didn't go after Brandon Cooks. They didn't go after any number of wide receivers would have helped their team. And they, they didn't even try to score more ayahuasca for Aaron Rodgers. They did nothing. <laughs> Detroit don't care about winning either. Detroit knows, like, they caught the hype machine. Yep. That was hard knocks in the beginning of the season. They fooled both you and Van Robert. You two were on the hype train. It was powder blue, or baby blue everything. You two thought for sure that this was going to be a changing of the guard in the NFC North. And I warned you, I looked at Dan Campbell, and I said, that dude is not a leader of men. That dude is a meathead. That dude is a dude that doesn't understand what it takes to get to the next level. He's bringing in his best friends from his playing days who aren't actual coaches, and Detroit does not have their stuff together. And this is an example that it's not just the coaching staff and the players. It's also the front office. None of them have it together. They don't care. You know who does have it together in the Lions organization? Whoever designed those silver-on-silver silver jerseys, uh, those kits are friggin' sweet. The silver, the, the helmet all the way down to the socks, the silver-on-silver silver with the blue piping, that is strong work. Hey so boys, ever designing their kits, kudos to you. Everybody hey boys, else in the organization, get bent. Do you remember that scene in Terminator 2 in 1992 when the T-1000, he was metal for like five seconds? Do you guys remember that? Yep. Let's do that. Let's put that <laughs> yeah. into a costume. All he, that's, all the, that's the plan. All yeah. he needs is blue piping. <laughs> so, so bad. Also, what's the NFL doing today trying to take away all the glory from the NBA trade deadline? Like, this is the bit. 
because the NFL is so bad, because yes. all primetime football is so bad, because there's no predictable matchups, because the games that are supposed to be bad are bad, the games that are supposed to be good are bad, all the teams are bad, the Philadelphia Phillies are the only team that aren't bad, and they play baseball. Like, to me, there's <laughs> nothing about this league that makes any sense right now. And now the trade deadline is the hotness. Also, forget these draft picks. I talk about this all the time. Why are teams – like, what did they give up for this Hawkinson cat? They gave up a second this year, a third next year, and maybe a fourth in two years or something? What? This is a top ten duty. Like, you – like, he, play him. Look, Hawkinson's good, but he's not, like, elite good. He's not oh, he will give be. up oh, the Oh, wait a minute. Good. You got to give him some you time. He's, yeah, yeah. I'm, he's the, the man. Baying you. Yeah, he's a stud. Okay, hold on. In his defense – he did he is leaving Detroit. So I mean that is an improvement no matter where you go. True, true. And like Minnesota's been winning games with with bum Irv Smith who probably has like a super low grade ankle sprain, but they're going to claim it's like the end of the season kind of thing. And yep. they're going to be like, "Hey, now not only can you get your right we were Van and I were talking this morning with Ryan LeBarnway, talk about like athletic mental health. They're like, what's going to happen to Irv Smith is he's going to get like treatment to the ankle, but he's going to get like one of those sports psychologists, and he's going to get a thing because he should be so much better than where he currently is. And what was Hawks' deal? Like half of a year left. Like this is a this is a four rent Minnesota thinks because Green Bay is so bad, and they look down at Chicago and Detroit and know that they're not going to ever make up any ground. Like Minnesota just put themselves in the at least NFC championship game. Like, is that what this move looks like, this one move? I mean, Vikings were on their on that trajectory anyways. Yeah. Except for the Eagles, who's going to compete in the NFC? It looks like the Vikings so far. That's exactly what it is. There's no competition in the NFC. So even if they wouldn't have done anything, they would have been okay. This just kind of shores it up. I still don't see them in the Super Bowl, though. Hey, look, when Irv Smith Jr. comes back from the injured reserve – he better not be wearing number 84. That is a disgrace <laughs> no, to the NFL. It's, it's an affront to one of the goats to ever do it. Probably number two on my list right after Jerry Rice is Randy Moss. And the Vikings just let some hump walk around on the field, sometimes run around on the field, wearing number 84. It's offensive. Super, no, it's super cold, though, because of his time with the Raiders and because of his time with the Patriots. Like, if he hadn't a left, yes, I'm on mm -hmm. your team, Van. 100% I buy into this. The problem is, he gone. Like, no, hey, no one should be wearing 80. I feel that way. That, like, there you go. Yeah, 80's off limits. Cool. But, oh, 84. 84 is up for grabs. 84 is a journeyman guy who came through. 84 was a guy who, got, who started hot off the line and then finished the race elsewhere. Like, nah, man, no, 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 no. 84's no, best season was his no. 81, and it was in 2016 in New England. No, never. Nobody even remembers him as a Patriot. Not 16, 06. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, I know what you mean. Sounds good, but nah. You can't let anybody in a Vikings uniform wear that, wear that number. I agree completely. He has a Hall of Fame career just his time in minnesota yeah you have to retire that number you have to get him involved in the organization if they don't they're foolish right now minnesota viking fan feels how 
Like me and Robert? Yep. That, are you talking if, specifically about Randy Moss, or are you talking about the trajectory of this season? Yeah, I'm talking about the trade. I'm talking about this move at the deadline. Like, oh, they're happy. How do, yeah. They're very they're happy. Yeah. It's just positive. That's yeah. It. Yep. Detroit Lions fan traded in division. Are they, I, I'm not trying to be that guy right now, but, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, you can't do like, that. You, you, you don't do that. You, and not only do you not – like, you can do it for what? Back up something or another. No, you don't even bother them. Right. Like, there must have been zero offers from anywhere else in the league. Zero. I doubt they that. just gave them the best one. I mean, that's a big haul for a tight end who's not Kelsey or Kittle or Pitts. Don't you ever put Pitts in that name, in that, in that group just, of tight ends. <laughs> hey, look, just you wait. Just you wait. Pitts is right, coming, so- baby. It looks to me like I may have read this trade incorrectly in the beginning. So it's Hawkinson plus a fourth and a conditional fourth for a second and a third. That's a lot. For That's a even end. better. That's way better. Minnesota. Yeah. And, like, comparatively, and I'm not a guy who can, like, rattle off fourth rounders, but I know St. Brown was a fourth rounder. I mean, like, there's – and Detroit's the example of it. Like, there are players that can be acquired out there if you know how to acquire them and know what to look for. And it, to me, anyways – it looks like Detroit has had some success drafting well. Their their real problem has been they had a quarterback who didn't care about winning until he got traded to L.A., and now they have what they currently have, which is not a quarterback. <sighs> Detroit is going to fire Dan Campbell. They're going to start all over again because they are terrible, and the front office is not doing a single thing to help that coaching staff or these players achieve success. Here's what I think should have happened. They should have did an in-division, triangulated trade, and they should have added the Bears, too. Give the Bears, like, a sixth or seventh rounder and bring in Amon Ra's brother, Equinemius. <laughs> so you got, like, you're starting to collect the whole St. Brown family <sighs> like friggin' Thanos was collecting Infinity Stones. Just catch them all, brother. Nah, that's just called a family reunion, bro. They ain't like that. <laughs> you got to wait till Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and obviously we just broke down the one. We'll go into the other one at links, and we led with it. But I think that might be the trade of the day, although there are some big NFL trades otherwise that we'll break down in well, uh, including the Denver Broncos making moves, the Miami making moves. Um, it's going to, I don't mean, it's going to be a whole thing for the rest of the day. Also, we'll break down the Michigan state stuff. This stuff is weird. This is, yeah. uh, the opposite of healthy and acceptable. This is, um, just a black eye. It's an, it's a literal and a physical black eye on, on a lot of people involved. We're going to length on that. The world series is tonight, boys. Finally. Yeah. Get, we'll get into that at length as well. Talk about the big game that starts at six o'clock. So we'll lead you up to that with all the takes. Whenever we get back, six oh three. What is that? What is that? <laughs> That's the actual first pitch. I like, love like Super Bowl and MLB playoff start times. Just sure six oh three. That's random. Sounds great. Let's do that one. Let's do that one. The one that I really appreciate. The one that I really appreciate, the New Mexico runners do it. I think other teams do it too. But they start at 5.05, and I really like that. I'm like, oh, that's Sweet. nice. That's yeah. Like a, that's a nice New Mexico thing. Yeah. 
Whenever we get back, more two men on, which we're live from multiple John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studios today. We're fired by the Mexico Pinion Coffee. Play on Team I nine. Starter days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. Lunch is had, boys, at the Six Six Diner. You already know yeah. that. The weekend is for New Mexico's Vodka Teller Vodka and Mondays, including last Monday night Halloween night. Howie Sports Page, where we watch Monday Night Football. Ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports Animal. There's a lot of there's a lot of like 4D chess going on in the NFC North right now. Including in that 4D chess is the Bears, who are garbage, who are Hot terrible. They're trading for Chase Claypool just so that the Packers couldn't. Exactly. That's all they're doing. Yep. That's the entirety of the move. They don't they, need Chase Claypool. They already have a St. Brown on their team. That's all you friggin' need. And by the way, the one with the cooler name. Why don't you want that one? Throw the ball to him. <laughs> they don't throw the ball, Van. That's the problem. That's why they're not going to throw the ball to him. It's yeah. just never being thrown. Me and Robert hey, Chase. said it. How he's... Oh, hey, ahead, Chase, Van. welcome to the Bears. Can you run the ball? Yes. <laughs> okay. But I got to say this. We're kind of being short-sighted with the Bears. The Bears, give them a year or two. They're going to be one of the better teams in the league. Watch. They got they got like nine draft picks. They got over a hundred million in in uh, that's a fact in cap space. Watch, this was just the very first and move. Got a, go ahead, go ahead, man. And they got a hungry fan base. Yeah, their fan base. They've sucked for so long, for so long. Devin Hester took them to the Super Bowl by himself with no help from anyone else whatsoever. Well, well, Brian Erlacher was there, yeah, the but it's all Devin Hester. Yeah, they made that move yesterday. Obviously, they're making moves today. They're buyers and they're sellers, which is incredibly interesting. At the end of a trade deadline, to me, with the Bears, it's it's tough to ever get excited because they don't ever do anything with it. They don't even in that Super Bowl that you're talking about, which was now like 20 years ago. It feels yeah. like they had they had, they took the opening kickoff for the lead, yep. and they were like. Yeah, don't worry about it. Like we, <laughs> we're good. This is this is fine. Last night, uh, we went to Howie Sports Page. It was Halloween, right? So, Robert and I are there, and we're dressed as the Dudley Boys, right? We're dressed. We're in full gala. We got Dudley Boy shirt. Van, you were there in spirit at home doing a little photo shoot, which was kind of weird because we didn't know about yeah. it. But appreciative <laughs> of you sending those photos over. Hey, by the way, I gotta tweet- be one. I gotta be one of the boys, yeah. even when I'm on COVID quarantine, at brother. All, at all times, we <laughs> tweeted the Dudley Boys last night, and the Dudley Boys put it all over the internet. By the way, so that's super nice and appreciative of them. Legends. But we, hey, Robert, you were dumb on spot. Like you yeah. look, you look just like Devon Dudley in a way to where I was like not just weirded out, but like impressively weirded out. But the point I'm trying to get to with it is well, first off, Robert Robert needs to check his 23 and Me results. Yeah, because he, he might Devon. be part Dudley. That's how close he was. He's as close as it gets. So we're, so as we're at Howie's last night, and Robert is is doing his best impersonation of Devon Dudley, literally physically, literally like emotionally, and capturing it. And by the way, like the number of pro wrestling fans crawling out at Howie's sports page last night, it is big. It is a lot of people. Like, and they don't necessarily say to you, like, like in passing, like, hey, I'm a big WWE fan. You see two guys dressed up in spitting images as the Dudley <laughs> boys? 
Wrestling fans, let's get a photo. <laughs> Joining us on the program, friend of the show, Lenny. Lenny, how you doing, brother? How are you? Well, so if uh, he was dressed up as part of the Dudley Boys, was that the Mitchie division? What is he like? Four inches shorter than them? Okay. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, well, I mean, uh, well. Uh, just because Fred is seven feet tall, everybody else is regular. And I know all of us well, are going to be glued to the next show from Saudi Arabia. Well, I'm going to be tuned as, in. It's a 10 a.m. Bobby start. Lashley, you yes. know, squashes Lesnar. Yep. Ooh. No. That's you know what the sad part is about pro wrestling? You could actually do all legitimate bets in Vegas on the matches. That I didn't. That I didn't even. I didn't know that at all, Lenny. No, you can go in and actually bet every match at the casinos. And they will take live action. They will take prop bet everything on W. I was like, seriously. The odds on the Royal Rumble like uh, order is something incredible, but people bet it every year. Yeah. Well, who's going to stay the longest in the ring? Mm -hmm. But it's just amazing that people bet fake wrestling. Uh oh, uh oh. Yeah, here we go, Uh-oh. my man Lenny. No, no, Turn no, it no, up, nothing, brother. Let's nothing. hear it. I watch it for <laughs> entertainment purpose. They're athletes, straight up. If you think you we can do be- what they do in the ring at home, good luck. Are the dragons in Game of Thrones fake? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, those are real. Just like my ex-wife. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> okay. But with, let's talk about something more realistic. What the Bears did was smart because next year they will lead the league in the offseason in free agent money. Yep. So say what you Justin want. Justin Fields needs Boy, help. And here's another proven fact. And you could look all the past 25 years up of uh, Super Bowl winners. Whenever the quarterback had 35% of the team's payroll, which is the max a player can get, they never won a Super Bowl. Mm. Look it up. Every year that Rodgers won, or the one year he won, his payroll was in the 20%. Brady always took pay cuts so other players can sign on. Even last year. His pay rate was about 27%. Anyone who's gotten the max, they've never won a Super Bowl. Well, I don't hate that idea. The, to, to you me, don't hate that idea. So he's getting $50 million, So he got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. But now he got a bunch of guys running around looking like Chicken Little looking for the football. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, and all the trades that have been just made – I mean, even I mean, Calvin Ridley gets traded for 19 conditional picks because they don't know which day he's coming back. Yep. So Lenny, do you think? Dates. Do you think the Jaguars gambled on Ridley? Hmm? No. Oh. No, not at all. Not at all. He's 20. <laughs> what is he? 28 when he comes back, he'll come back because yeah. it was a 1,500 dollar bet on a on, on a on a site that the league probably makes 20, 30 million a year in advertising off of. Well, the that, was his, making, that was his problem. He bet on the game fifteen hundred dollars. You you can't take more than a year away from this guy when you have players in the league who don't even deserve to be in the league with the stuff they've done away from the field. Good point. Yeah, Deshaun Watson coming back in a month. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, uh, you know, right up there with, uh, you know, Alex Jones. (laughs) Yes. I mean, two different sides of the canoe, but I see which way you're paddling. You know, so, but Chicago made a smart move. Miami made a good move. Denver trading Chubb, I'm not quite sure about because I don't know how that really helps the running game. Maybe they needed somebody to work out with Russell Wilson on a four-hour flight, you know, to get his legs in the air. You know, and this is the other thing also with Russell Wilson. He is a byproduct of Pete Carroll. System quarterback. Smith at 32 years old. Never played like this at the Jets when he was 23. Well, no one's punching him in the head now. So I guess George has entered the chat. Oh, yes. I mean, he got his jaw broken. That was the most exciting thing he did with the Jets. I want to come back to the doing. But look what he's doing in Seattle. And look what Sierra is doing in Denver. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do th- let's do this, Lenny, because we're at the break. I'm going to cut you loose for two minutes, but we're going to ride that okay. chub conversation whenever we get back. My last thought, you say boys. Ride that chub. Yeah. Oh wow. I've been waiting all year. Whoa. Whoa. All right. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Last thought. Cross on that Chase off Clay. your list. No, I mean whatever. Hey, we cut that. <laughs> we cut that call off, Robert. I'm getting an echo. The to me the the thing about Chase Claypool going back to Chicago is. Whenever he played in college, obviously playing at Notre Dame. To me, Notre Dame and Chicago, that is the exact same like college to pro program. To where you're in the exact same part of the country. You have the exact same like familiarity of media. You have the exact same familiarity of literally the living environment. You understand the expectation of two very nationally famous and followed brands. And all those similar sandwiches. It, well, uh, similar pizzas for sure. <laughs> And the to me, it's yeah, he's going to have game one with Chicago this weekend, but I almost feel like he has a four-year head start from the four years he had at Notre Dame. Also, doesn't he play quarterback a little bit? Like, are they trying to do something weird up there? Is, is, there, like a, is there like an idea that I don't know about? No, he can throw. We'll break down the we'll break down the Chubb trade whenever we get back to the Dolphins. Is I have a big problem putting a confidence in linebackers as game changers. Uh-oh. Maybe you boys can talk me out of it because uh, well Denver is already out of it. Uh, big thank you to Lenny for taking the time. Uh, he's right on so many of his points except for the the pro wrestling thing. I mean, <laughs> I knew that was coming. It's just I'm not trying to be a guy who's <laughs> going to like put a lot of time into this thing because it's a little bit of a dead horse. I'm not into beating that kind of thing. But to me. Um, is it fake? I mean, is we were you, earlier? You guys were talking about Game of Thrones. Like, I mean, it's all just storytelling, right? We're all just here for a good time. Boys, can, <laughs> yeah. we just, can, can we just get along? Also, I don't yeah, know if you guys see days um, of our lives with broken tables. Yeah, what's up with watching, the, what's up with the shirt? You're watching Comcast 26 today. I'm wearing my Pat McAfee shirt today, ah. which we'll go into length at conversation. We'll we'll talk about that because the NFL is kind of weird. Stupid. No fun There's, league. Why? Who picks a fight with the guy that cuts promos in the WWE for a living? Yes. Why, Roger Goodell is not going to stand toe-to-toe with Pat McAfee in the squared circle and have a back-and-forth like Austin McMahon. Like, this doesn't make sense, which we'll hit on that as well. The Michigan State story to come, and then whenever the World Series first pitches off at 6 3 
We'll be covering that up until the end of the program, 7 o'clock tonight. It's two men on, 95.9 FM and AM. Hey, guys, I was writing down my last note. Instead of writing 6 o'clock, I wrote 6.03. Like that's <laughs> the baseball that's got me. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. The party don't stop. It's time to rock. It's time to rock. It's time to rock. And yo, we take it to the top. It's time to rock. It's time to rock. It's time to rock. We go hard in the block. In the history of organized American professional football. I agree. Thank you. Even though my team did nothing. It's the most active Right? There's a lot of moves. You don't see a lot of moves in NFL trade deadline. That's for baseball. That's for basketball. Usually the NFL is just like one or two trades and they're in their lower tier guys, just pieces. And you like I like how a lot of teams are sticking to their playbooks. Like Robert just said, like his team does nothing during games, so they did nothing at the trade deadline. Pretty much. So goes with right. Pretty much. I'm I'm telling you, the only teams that made any type of movement. So are the teams that think they could win the Super Bowl because the league is so trash right now. Oh, God, it's bad, right? Yep. Denver traded I mean, Brad- sm- smart. There's a couple smart teams made some smart moves. The Ravens acquiring Roquan Smith. He is going to look so good in that purple. He's going to fit in perfectly. He's that – Perfect middle linebacker. He's a tackler. He's a field general. He could sneak back and get a sack every once in a while. Dude, but what the Dolphins did? Oh, my God. The Dolphins are just a coup what they pulled off. Check this out, boys. Since the Niners moved up to take Trey Lance, because you know the Dolphins got three friggin' first rounders Mm -hmm. just – to let the Niners move up and select Trey Lance. The 21 pick, they selected Jalen Waddle. Two was homie from college. He's already a stud, okay? The 22 pick they got from the Niners, they turned that and a boatload of cash into Tyreek Hill. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. The, the 23 pick they got, they turned and probably – top three, top five pass rusher in the NFL, Bradley Chubb. So without giving up anything, just allowing the Niners to move up in the draft, they got Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb. That is insane. It's, I like it in a lot of – like if you're going to build a team, you can do it in weird ways. I don't care for draft picks. The Waddle one did work out, so hard for me to really – say a single negative thing about that. I think the real story that you're missing, though, Van, from this whole angle that you're taking is the PR team from Miami in collaboration with Trey Lance to fool anyone into thinking that he was ever worth three first-round draft Mm -hmm. picks. Yeah. Like, that to me is incredible. Like, we all have been a Trey Lance apologist. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, I've been a Trey Lance apologist just like I've been a Justin Fields (laughs) apologist. I think Justin Fields has the skill set to be a successful NFL quarterback. I think the same thing about Trey Lance, but it doesn't matter how good Trey Lance is going to be. Look what the Dolphins did. That is setting them up for success for a friggin' decade. That just means, Van, you really don't know quarterbacks. Yeah, you don't. Those guys are horrible. (laughs) First off, 
Cooper Rush has only <laughs> lost one game in his NFL career. He's the only reason the Cowboys still have a chance at the NFC East in the playoffs. I am an excellent quarterback <laughs> analyst. I have to... your prof- go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, take your professional hat off, Van, and put it in, because obviously you're only looking through your fandom of the Green Bay Packers. You've only ever seen two quarterbacks ever. You're doing the classic, like, seven-year itch, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had an athletic one? Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had – look at that one. The grass is greener on that one. Let me go (laughs) – no, all of those ones are terrible. Like, the guys that you're jazzed about are not good football players. Also, I have to say – I have to say this. Roquan Smith – Unless he's Ray Lewis, won't do anything on that defense for the Ravens. They're horrible. They're trash. They're trash. He's the leading tackler in the NFL. You know what that means? He's the leading tackler over the past three years. You know what that means? It means the Bears suck. Exactly. But it also means he's a good tackler. (laughs) It means that defense is on the field for more than half the game. game. Yeah. They face a lot of teams that are just going to run it up the middle for clock. Yeah, because they're they're already winning. Yeah, they're already winning. Hey, all right, guys, run right at right there at the middle. That guy with the fifty on his shirt. We can get, yeah, we'll, we'll be fine right there. Fifty, it don't matter. Whichever one's in the middle, just run right at him. Get tackled in bounds. We get to get some uh, Giordano's. We go home early. Like that's how that's how like Chicago's been used to playing. And also, will there be a culture shock? Like if we go back talking about like Hawkinson, or we talk about some of these guys going from garbage teams to teams in the mix. Like, do you end up in a place where it's like like talking about Bradley Chubb, for an example. Bradley Chubb, who gets traded for that first-round draft pick we were talking about that they got from San Francisco, all that stuff. Does Bradley Chubb show up in Miami and go, what, what, what is this, winning? What is this? This tastes different. Like, are you Weird. able to handle that? Is Smith able to handle that Fred, in, in Baltimore? Fred, this is what happens. They all do the, what McCaffrey d- did. They ball out. Yeah. Yes. They're excited. Yes. Hey, we we're in the playoffs. I can play, and it can mean something. That's what I think happens. You're exactly right. Like all these players who get stuck on these horrible organizations. Like, hey, I could be wrong about T.J. Hokinson. Maybe he is the next coming of Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. He's been stuck in Detroit. And it could be for any number of these trades. They, like you said, they get on a winning culture and they turn it up to 11 and they're even better than they were on these garbage teams. Broncos country, let's cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Yeah, they, they just mailed it in. But it's already been mailed in. It's, like, it's not like this is going to make a difference. Like. The AFC West is the opposite of what I thought the AFC West would be. Agreed. The NF- yeah, the, the NFC West is real interesting because I thought it was going to be the 49ers running away with it. It's only Seattle. And to me, it feels like it's only Seattle because Russell Wilson left and went to the AFC West, and now there's like a revival. It's almost like a chip on your shoulder. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like, it's like Seattle's like, hey, our girlfriend broke up with us, so we're going to hit the gym. We're going to kill social media. We're going to get our lives right. And also, like, Rams are garbage, super yes. garbage. And Arizona's super garbage. Mm-hmm. The, the NFL has maybe eight good teams, and the NFL probably has six good teams. And I think the only ones that got better at the deadline were probably Baltimore, Miami, and Minnesota. Correct. Yeah, those are the clear winners, and they didn't have to give up that much either. Y'all are leaving out the Bills. I love what they did. 
How so? They got Hines from the Colts. They have like three running backs who do one thing great. Hines do, does all of those things in one person. They have the receiving. Yeah. They have the receiving running back. They have the one running back who hits like the corner edge, and then the one running back who runs up the middle. Hines can do all that. It's an underrated pickup. And yeah. Except for you got your Dalvin Cooks, you got your Derrick Henrys, you got your Christian McCaffreys. There's a very a Jonathan Taylor, a very small select group of guys who can change the face of the game by themselves. Every other successful team that doesn't have one of these superstar running backs has a committee, has multiple guys mm-hmm. who can do everything. And now the Bills, they didn't even need help, and they just nope. got stronger. It's yep. insane. Well, is it also going to put a little bit of a spotlight on kind of just how terrible Frank Reich is? What do you mean? Well, because Indianapolis don't know what to do offensively. Like, they don't have a clue. Like, he's we, a coordinator. He, well, right, that's coach. what I'm well, I mean, just like, you, McDan- just like McDaniel's in Oakland, he's not finding success because he doesn't have that skill set. Yeah. He is a great offensive coordinator, an innovator, found success everywhere he goes in that one position. But you give him the keys of the Porsche, and the next thing you know, this guy wrecks it into a friggin' wall. <laughs> not far off. Not far off at all. One final trade to break down whenever we get back, and we will do that. Then it's into college football talk as we'll kind of recap this. We wanted to hit this Michigan State story yesterday, but we were so tight on time with Monday Night Football. And it was Obviously, you want to hit scores and recaps from football. But this Michigan State thing, I'm, I'm low-key a little obsessed on. Like, this Michigan State thing to me is um, the reason – that I'm not as tuned into football as I as I possibly could be as a fan. This hmm. is the kind of stuff that puts me away. It's two men on ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The sports anthem. Oh my God! November first is National NFL uh, Trade uh, Turmoil. <laughs> t- 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 uh, t- it's today. I thought it was crazy exciting. I didn't it's expect so this much action. You know, b- back to um. Your previous point last segment, and we talk about this a lot on the show. You saw the success of the Rams last year, trading for a stud, picking up some other pieces, and then the motto, F them picks, right? You're seeing the exact opposite this year with the Seattle Seahawks. They murdered their draft. Mm -hmm. Every single pick they had last year was a direct hit. Stud running back. Two stud offensive linemen, uh, a lockdown corner, everything they hit, it turned them into a team that a lot of people predicted wouldn't win a game without Russell Wilson to possibly winning what I thought was going to be the best division in the league, the NFC West. I mean, I guess there are multiple mindsets, right? Where it's. If you look at recency bias, you do it the way that the Los Angeles Rams of, of San Jose did it, and you 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 just get you buy it buy one buy one and then be done forever, or you go the way which now it looks like the way Miami is going, which is find some chump to buy try to buy one now and then trade out of it and make and make yourself a contender in the future, mm-hmm. which I guess is similar to what Jacksonville just did with the Calvin Ridley trade. And did you guys see the compensation on this? I didn't see it yet. It's the conditional. Everything's so, conditional, yeah. right? There's, there's two picks. It's a six-rounder. 
that could become a fifth rounder, and it's also a fifth rounder that can get as high as a second rounder. So the fifth rounder, if he doesn't play, we took our chances, here's your fifth rounder. If he plays a significant amount, of, no, no. If he doesn't get suspended any longer than just this year, moves up to a fourth. If he plays significant amount of time, it moves up to a third. If he re-signs with the team after playing a significant amount of time, it goes all the way up to a second rounder. Jacksonville won that. I don't care what their the Atlanta Falcons are getting. Jacksonville won that hands down. Especially with, smart. Yeah, especially what they did with Kirk, so showing that we knew he wasn't a number one receiver. Now they right. got somebody who is a number one receiver, and then they already have the young quarterback. I love what they did. Atlanta, you know, they're doing good this season, but those picks, they, I, I don't know. Well, and they already moved the one running back, so then you have a tinny left. And then it's with Ridley and Kirk, and then you got Lawrence going into his third year. And, all, and it's interesting to me because, to me, third year is the year, right? I'm like, right. oh, Lawrence sure. will have that stable. But, like, I, for some reason, don't have that, apparent, that opinion on Trey Lance. I don't have that opinion on Justin Fields. Like, for some reason, I'm like, these guys are garbage and trash and will never do well ever, and I just can't escape this idea. But in my head, I'm like, oh, Trevor Lawrence. Like, he'll be figured out by year three. They'll put the right pieces around him, and the organization got it right. Because I feel like Jacksonville is getting it right. I feel like Jacksonville is – not to take a shot at Ridley is hedging their bet on this thing. And they're going to put him in there to, like you said, Robert, have a one and a two. Yeah. But to me, I think Kirk is a little bit better than what you're letting on. I think it's like a 1A Honest. and a 1B. Yeah, no, sure. most definitely. But um, he wasn't worth what they, what they spent for him. But it ended it, up being a deal, though, with all the other ones that came through afterwards. That's like, true. He set the yeah. standard. That's true. Yeah, their advanced scouting got that one right. It seemed like way too much money at the time, and then other people who got paid after him, they're like, oh, wait, this is number two money. Never mind. <laughs> and I'm so excited for next year when I could stand on top of my soapbox and say, watch out for the Jaguars, and then next year I'm going to get it right. Obviously very wrong this year. Next year I got this, brothers. <laughs> Kind of a neat thing to me, too, to be able to look that far ahead at the trade deadline. Because I think I have such a Smart. mindset on, mm -hmm. hey, what is going to help me right now? Yes. And Jacksonville's like, hey, we're kind of looking at a super garbage division down here where teams literally refuse to win and choose to tie. Let's, let's number one, still be competitive for the rest of the year because we got that squad. But number two, we might really be set up. Because also we're not even considering, like, Jacksonville will put that first-round draft pick they have into the offense next year, too. Like, they right. won't play games with that. I'm stoked for Ridley's walkout music. No win to hold them. <laughs> no win to fold them. <laughs> it's too spicy. It's too spicy. For <laughs> yeah. Can he, he can't practice, though, can he? No, I don't no, think, I don't think gonna, he can. I, he can't even be at the team facility until next year. Be there as ah. well. yeah. But at least hey, but, they, they can give him the playbook, at least. Yeah, they can do that. Well, yeah. I think Lenny pointed it out where you're going to end up in a rich hypocrisy if you don't let him come back the minute that he's available to come back NFL. Yep. You're going to end up yeah. with a real dark conversation. Um, and we're actually we're going to go into that a little bit when we talk about the Nets in the second hour because there's a bunch of weird stuff going on in the NBA right now. But there is a, to me, real interesting level of, of acceptance for what is, in my opinion – the core values are just different because I don't necessarily think that betting 
is the most evil of all vices. I do recognize what it can lead to. I'm not confused on, on sure. how gateway it is. But some of the stuff that just a blind eye is turned to in the mm -hmm. NFL, um, ridiculous to me. You know, and I don't know. I'm a little bit younger than you guys, but not a ton younger. And to me, this goes back to uh, oh, who was the cat we interviewed at the Super Bowl, played at Oregon, punched the dude in the head? LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah. Like, this goes, this goes all the way back. That's whenever I was first, like, at a young age, like, oh, they just don't care. Like they don't like no one cares about the character of anyone as long as they're good between the lines. Mine went way back further. And actually sure. Van said his name earlier, Jeff George. Boom. That guy got fifty million chances. He played on every team at least twice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Ryan Lavarn way of NFL quarterbacks. But <laughs> not not for those reasons, though. <laughs> no, not because he's yeah. The NFL better let unless Calvin Ridley does something stupid again. You got to let him back the second. You got to say welcome back. You know, you got to give him all the support because it's very hypocritical to me. I I get the reason why you got to do this for NFL players, but it's like NFL suspends Calvin Ridley for a year. Mm -hmm. This report sponsored by FanDuel. Right, it's, and then it's, it's followed it's up. Then it's followed up with the Sean Watson will be back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, you know why I don't think about guys like Jeff George? I think this is true, kind kind of about maybe everyone everywhere regionally because he went to. You only remember winners. Well, there's that too. <laughs> but we're, so he went to what did he graduate? Ninety. He got drafted number one overall, one 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 right. And to yeah. me, with Jeff George, he's, he was so renowned where I grew up, mm -hmm. where it was he, – like, he's a hero because he was local, and, and you kind of know that circle I grew up in, that Chicago, Kansas City, Memphis, Indianapolis, like, everyone's from there, they claim. And, and it was – yeah, I didn't – that stuff wasn't, I don't know, publicized to me as a young adult. And also I was, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old whenever he was in his prime. So it's not necessarily like I was tuned into the NFL – but, yeah, just easily overlooked, insanely overlooked. Where we get back, boys, let's talk about Michigan State. Let's talk about college football. Uh, lots of suspensions came down the pipe today at Michigan State. Uh, maybe two days too late, the way I see it. But, I mean, it got done, so that's what's important. We'll talk about the occurrence. We'll talk about kind of the culture that surrounds that. And we'll talk about what, um, I don't know, what we need to see from college football. Because uh, not the example for the class at all. It's two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Check, check me out like a doctor. When I be rolling, I be hiding the copper. All right, Saturday. Saturday was interesting college football-wise. I've been talking to you guys kind of a lot about college football. And I'm giving college football like two... Oh, man, three years maybe, maybe two after this season to really figure out where college football is at. Mm -hmm. Because with the transfer portal, with NIL, with kind of all the things that are new and impacting the game, college football is in a transition period, and I don't know what to think. Here's what I do know. It's not a good product right now. College football is not being presented well. TV-wise, the games are too long. The scores aren't close enough. It's not an entertaining product right now outside of one game all season long. 
There's been one college football game all season long, and probably the second one will be this upcoming weekend. With that said, Michigan, number four, puts it on Michigan State 29-7 on Saturday. That should be the end of the conversation. Ten out of ten times, we don't even bring that up on the program. After the game, and this is incredible to me, mm-hmm. after the game, Michigan and Michigan State are exiting the field. Big one at the big house. Obviously, takes a little bit longer for Michigan to get out. And Michigan and Michigan State go through the same tunnel. I'm not blaming this on the tunnel. It's not the tunnel's fault that this exists. As Michigan and Michigan State are exiting, a Michigan player, number two, he shoots into the Michigan State line, and then there are just a grip of Michigan State players four of them primarily who assault, and then 30 of them who do nothing. And they lay a wall up on this cat. And I'm low-key super losing it. Because how do you say to guys who were told by everyone in their world, because you guys know about the bubble of Division I football, and I'm sorry I'm losing it for a second, the bubble of Division I football where it's, hey, this is the heartbeat of this university, and you guys are gladiators, and you're warriors, and you're heroes, and you represent these colors, and you are, it's, it's gang mentality. It's, the, it is, it's us sure. versus them. It's insane to me. Robert, I got Look, you man, on Wayne. You, Tell Wayne to hold on for a minute. We're, we're going to get to him. But, okay. and let me there's a, there's a huge difference in between Michigan State and Michigan, right? Because Michigan State, that's Lansing, son. Like, that is – Lansing is Gary, Indiana. Like, <laughs> Lansing looks like friggin' Fallujah. Ann Arbor is like this protected little beautiful universe. Happy Valley. Yes. Like – they are two wildly different places to live, to go to school, especially to grow up if you're from that area. It's two different attitudes. It's two different state of minds. Like, Michigan State, dude, that's Draymond Green. Like, Michigan guy, that's, hmm. that's Tom Brady. Like, these are the faces <sighs> of your universities. They're wildly different attitudes. It's wildly different places. I don't agree. Give it to me, Robert. I, I, I don't think that has nothing to do with it. I think the problem is this. Only thing college has right now are these quote-unquote storied rivals. Yeah, I agree. They, they buy into this stuff all week long. Not even all week. All offseason. Some teams, they're like, they don't even care if they beat anybody but their rival. So this is all charged up. The problem is... We got to, We forget that these are like young kids, very impressionable. You can't charge them up like this, put them in the same hall or whatever that is, and then expect for them to just be sportsmanship and cool and all that. That's yeah, how I, I mean, feel about this, it. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's a, a big element of that, and that's, that's the bigger part of the story, Robert. I mm-hmm. mean, you're exactly right. It is a rivalry. It's a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Putting – a hundred kids that for a few hours on a Saturday friggin' hate each other. <laughs> yes. Robert, just, put them, just put them in the same tunnel. That is horrible. But is this, this also that? comes top down from leadership. These kids have to know what to expect. 
from their coaches, from their assistant coaches, so, from up, their though, group coaches. That's the point I'm trying to get to, Van, is this is what they expect. This mm-hmm. is what is fed to them. Yep. Like, we're talking about sponge children. Like, we're – and you look at them on TV. Is Hey, is Wayne still with us? Yes, I want to keep him. Wayne is still hey, with us. Hey, bring Wayne in real quick okay. before I lose my stuff because Wayne always brings the heat when he there comes he is. into the program. Friend of the show, Wayne, how are you? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Friend of the show is great. I always love the way you guys take it apart. And you're right on. The product is not good. And I give it one to two years before we really see, uh, you know, what's really going on. You know, Division One just isn't that great. And I would love to see the Lobos play Eastern New Mexico and Western New Mexico mm. and maybe New Mexico State twice a year, and I think those would be four very special games, and I think we would pack the pit. I think that there's plenty of interesting teams in Arizona, Colorado, and Texas, not a long ways to go, and we could cobble together a really interesting season, uh, and I guess I'm talking about not Division One now, but anyone who thinks that the product of UNM men's football is acceptable and that we should continue in Division One should buy a ticket to this weekend's game. They should pay full price for that ticket. They should sit in the stand, and they should talk positively about the team after the game, no matter how it turns out. I can leave that for that, Wayne. Wayne, the man. Came in hot. That, hey, and I'm a guy hey. who, because of my profession, I don't necessarily have to pay for a ticket everywhere I go. I got whatever sure. I got media, I got access. Lobo's ticket's uh-huh. a ticket I'll pay for. I'm proud of Lobo. Hey, but Lobo yeah. is not this off the field the way that Michigan yeah. State is. Robert, can, oh, is Wayne still with yeah, us? Yeah, he's still with us. All right, yeah, Wayne. I'm still here, and I, I have a tack on if you have more interest in what I have yeah, to go, share go, tonight. Go. Hit us. Okay, well, you know what? As far as the victory we had at the beginning of the year against Maine, who would rather see the Lobos play Maine or Eastern or Western? When Eastern and Western play against each other, it's a spectacle, and they have so many more people who show up to that game than what we're getting now at the Lobo games. I, You know, I went to the academy and i i don't even think that the lobos they would struggle to fill up the bleachers at the academy now and god love them they're great i have degrees from that school i will always be into lobo success but the bottom line is that yeah i just think that that it's so sad to go to the the two games I went to last season just to see the stands. You know, I miss the old days when I was a kid surrounded by all the people we saw every week. And every time they'd get a first down, about 400 guys would just shout, first down. And we are so far from that now. And I just am never going to go see the Lobos play a team as weird as Maine uh, to fill the schedule. And... You know, I really hope the Lobos do great this weekend. It's time. It's time to see some action. The next time the three of us are available for a Lobo game, Wayne, you're going to go with us because yeah. you you will not find a better fan base between these three boys right here. And, sure. and Wayne, we've got to cut you loose on this one. But with, we saw Eastern at Highlands earlier this year, D2 football, right? And there was – what's a real number? Like, boys, I'm not being – 3,500 people? Yeah. Is that what we had yeah. in Las Vegas, New Mexico? Yep. Was it 3,500? I'd say uh, it's all. Home, home side was shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. Visitor side was about half. Yep. That's that. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's Hey, you can get – like, all the excitement and rich engagement. And that game was hecka good. Mm-hmm. Like, is Armac football and Lone Star football the same thing 
as Mountain West and is it the same thing as USA Conference? And is no, it's not. Like we sure. all know, it's not. It never. It doesn't have the scholarship level. It doesn't have a lot of these opportunities that we talk about. And I'm sorry, I'm railroading boys. I'm just a little on one right no, now. No, I agree. Uh, I just, I agree with you. Well, I agree. Right, hey, right. Take off with it then, well, because the thing the thing that's firing me up, I think, is the thing that's firing you up. Well, the thing is, okay, with college football, and I'm talking about the national level, nobody cares until the end now. Nobody cares. I don't watch the games during the season because, like right. you said, it's always the upper teams playing the lower teams, and you might get the spotty ones in there. The only time I'll pay attention is after I heard there was an upset, and I was like, oh, i got to go back and watch that. That's it. I don't care – until it's the end of the season, and I want to see who's going to win the national title. During the season, it doesn't matter. My, my biggest turnoff for college football, and it's, it's slowly fading away, was these student-athletes are just getting exploited for decades, making mm-hmm. millions and millions of dollars for their university and getting paid nothing. Oh, but they get an education. <laughs> That's garbage. That's garbage. You're making money. You're exploiting these guys. But – now that that's over, I'm trying to find more and more compelling stories to attract me to college football. And to me, it's like just a sports film uh, time frame issue. I could only be a dork about so many things, right? Mm-hmm. And college football doesn't have the appeal as baseball or NFL or World Cup or some of these bigger events that I've been into for a long time. Look, Let's- if you've been to a college football game, the atmosphere is electric it feels different it sounds different the sound of the band the student section a bunch of blackout drunk 19 year olds going insane it feels different at a college football game but like following 130 programs every year well that's I the throw problem my hands up that's, that's the problem for me they that's need to make for me they don't make it about the kids or the players it's about the program that's what i think the problem is yeah it's about the logo yep i agree Let's ride this momentum. Let's ride the wave of this momentum into the rocks whenever we get back as uh, we'll continue down the culture that surrounds the, well, specifically this instant, but the D1 programs that allow it to fester, which is uh, just incredibly sad to me. We'll get the sponsors when we get back. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. All right, we're back on the program, and I'm still on one. Bring so it. We're talk, talk about this Michigan, Michigan State tunnel disaster and i was saying by the way thank you to friend of the show wayne who reached out you know there there are some guys in this game danny gonzalez is one there are some guys in the danny gonzalez is suspending players day of games boom mm-hmm. danny gonzalez and hey and, oh god i do so i know i know a story i don't know how public a story is but i know what's going on like I know that like players need to be suspended. Like you got to play by the rules. Ron Hudson down in New Mexico Highlands suspending guys for starts of games, for entire games, for doing it wrong off the field. That culture does not exist across all of D1. That right. culture, mm-hmm. as we're talking about Michigan State, whenever they got and by the, don't blame the tunnel. I swear to God, I'm not ready to have this tunnel conversation. But when Mel Tucker is putting out, out tweets, head coach of Michigan State, and he's condemning this thing. Bet you boys in the locker room, bet you on the back, on the dark side of this football field. He's saying, Hey, got to protect the shield. Hey, you got that look boys. This is your whole identity. He's yes. What's, what's the, what's the varsity blues Kilmer? Yeah. Like 40 minutes for the rest of your lives. Like that's what this is. Like there's a weird mind washing to these kids 
kids. Mm-hmm. Sure. And now the four of these cats from Michigan State, they're going to catch assault charges. Like the McPherson or the McBurrows kid from Michigan, he's lawyered up. Yep. Everyone else is lawyered up. And this is not like a this is not greaser socias. Let's meet at the fifty yard <laughs> line and go at this thing. This is hey, there's one dude. There's, yeah. There look. 30 of us, four of us will do something, 28 of you won't, won't stop us, and they do that thing. And then, hey, when Michigan does show up, like Michigan State, what do they tuck it and run? Yeah. Tuck it and run. Cowards. It's cowardly stuff. It's brainwashy stuff. And it nothing makes me more upset than the idea of a university with grown men taking advantage of manipulating children and become violent zealots. Like, what, how do we get to a culture? Sorry, boys. I know I'm railroading. Mm-mm, how do we get go. to a culture to where, like, you can't accept losing? Is this all 2006, 2016 stuff? Is nah. that what this is? Like, you can't just catch an L and be cool? Like, everyone's got to be a cheater. Everyone's got to be a liar. What, what's that Tennessee game last year where the fans just throw garbage all over the field? Like, this to me is it's ridiculous and unreal. And Penn State did this, too. Penn mm-hmm. State did this, like, two weeks ago in Michigan. Like, do not blame this 100-year-old building, I swear to God. If you're telling no. me it's the tunnel and the 100-year-old building, I will lose it on you. This is what it is. You got to look. It starts at the, the coaching, who are leading these kids, the, the men that are leading these kids. You think back. I was watching the 30 for 30 about Miami versus uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. What was that? Convicts versus Catholics or whatever. Right. And I remember they were talking about how Lou Holtz was in the locker room and they got into the fight, right? Lou Holtz took him back in the locker room. You will not do this. You will not do that. And at the end of it, though, he says, he cracks the joke, and he's like, you could save Jimmy Johnson for me, though. So I don't think the coaches do that now. I think the pressure is so big on these coaches because they're making a whole lot more money. They're not trying to lose those jobs. They want to win at all costs. They don't teach the back end of things. It's about we got to win no matter what. And they don't say it publicly, but I bet you if you ask some of these kids, that tr- that pressure is trickling down to them, and they're tro- they're told to be a certain way, but it's just not publicized. But when things like this happen, I think that's why the public is so shocked. Yeah, I mean, I hear you for sure right there. Well, I mean, back to Fred's point about brainwashing. Mm-hmm. You're you're telling these kids these are the most important four years of your life. Your whole destiny depends on your success in the classroom and on the field. And you're going to be this person for the rest of your life. These are going to be your friends for your entire life. And all that pressure on these teenagers, these these children, their brain hasn't even completely been done forming yet. I'm going to tell you all what that – Van, you know what you just described? Some listeners might be mad, but I lived it. That's military, bro. Semper Fi. I was 17. And I was like, what are we doing here? No, it's not. A lot of people aren't mentally equipped to understand that at the time. And I think this is what we saw with Michigan State in Michigan. Um, And they're telling them that it's not for the kids. It's basically for them. I need y'all to go all out to make me look good. Yeah, for the brand. That's what it is. is This is a logical leap for me right here, but I think they're parallels. Yep. Because all these, like the the suicide rates – for students in high school is astronomical. The suicide rates for high-pressure universities is astronomical. You're, you're telling these young student-athletes that 
these four years, you're telling these high school kids that these four years are going to define your mm -hmm. whole destiny? That is not true whatsoever. These coaches do not care about you in 30 years. I mean, they, they're leaders of men. They're trying. You, you, you gave the example of Danny Gonzalez and Coach Hudson being men of strong moral fiber and character and doing the right thing. That's not across the board how these Division I coaches are. They use these student-athletes. They chew them up and spit them out. A great example that, that I heard, and this is a couple months ago, I heard Sean Payton telling a story about when he, had, uh, he was a coach in college. He, he cut this player. I mean, and he would tell things to this player like, you know, you're like a son to me. Like, I, I, I love watching your growth, blah, blah, blah. When he didn't perform on the field, straight up cut him. <laughs> a few years later, a few years later, they randomly sat next to each other on an airplane. He didn't remember who the player was. Man. So all of this undue, undue pressure you put on these young student athletes, it's not fair to them. And, well, and you see situations like this blow up right in front of their faces. What do you say? You know, oh, go ahead, Rob. No, what do you guys say to the, to the listener who puts this on the, play, on the players? So it's interesting, right, because obviously that's where the action was taken. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think there's a qualifier there, and we can get to it. But what we just really did was we put it solely on the coaches, and it's not solely on the coaches. It's the entire institute. From the, the, time, they, mm -hmm. yeah, from the time you arrive in Lansing, yes. you get you, Lansing Airport, cool. You get picked up in a bright two-men-on green car, mm -hmm. right? They pick you up from the airport. They meet you with sweats. They meet sure. you with the cheerleaders. They take you down to the field. They show you the whole thing. You're up on the Jumbotron. Boys, I'm not making this up. No, yeah, you're, you're up right. On the Jumbotron. Like, hey, you know what they're doing? Hey, why don't you give your phone number to this gal right here? And you mm -hmm. know what she's going to do? She's uh -huh. going to make sure you follow all the right social media. She's going to make sure you're tagged in right. She's gonna, hey, this is the spot where you, you want student union. Like, she goes through the whole thing. And then by, by the time they leave, their algorithm in their life, because their life is this phone. Yes. Their life is, is yes. the iPhone 15. It's set up to where it, they only exist in this culture. And do you follow social media now, boys? Do you see college social media? Yeah. All they do yes. is fire at each other. Yeah. It's just qualms and quips all day nonstop. They think that this is the regular existence of life because Barstool Sports will give a 1% NIL deal to D2, D1, D3 baseball, football, and basketball players if they can get likes and retweets. Yep. They think that this is normality. Mm -hmm. They think that this exists in a way. So whenever they do snap, whenever you put so much pressure onto a twig and it finally snaps, am I mad at the twig for snapping? No. Nope. I'm mad at the pressure. Exactly. Blame the kid. Cool. And why you sit there and think whatever institute that you're a fan of is on an ivory tower, it's because you are also victim to that same propaganda that that kid fell victim to yep. that that twig was lose it figure it out it ain't that important this michigan Don't hurt is others not. yeah this it michigan michigan state thing is crazy they got authorities in it like you said lawyers yeah that in the video oh man the video's bad the video's bad dude they and I don't watch they, bas stuff. they I basically don't... jumped them they jumped those guys they jumped them yeah, yeah. and not not they... just little pushing and shoving no. No. And they're dude in the background yelling world star. Yes. And you're like, you don't <laughs> yes. get this. Yes. Yes. So stupid. Okay, you guys, to be you guys fair. know I don't watch this stuff. 
<laughs> like you, to be fair. Oh. To be fair. Hmm, to be fair. Never saying Screaming that. world star at a fight is like one of my favorite things to do of all time. So I'm going to give him credit for that <laughs> one. <laughs> like every time. Like literally every time. I live downtown. I see a bunch. <laughs> I'm... Hmm. Every t everywhere that I've seen the footage of the fight, I've seen two footages. I've seen a security cam, and I saw, like, a player or a fan or a someone with a cell phone. I'm not seeing that one accredited anyone. It's coming up on a bunch of reports. It's coming yeah. up on a bunch of news articles. Mm -hmm. But I don't know who caught that one. But here's the thing. If it's a Michigan State someone, ooh, they ain't going to let out that person out because that person won't make it out of Lansing. Yeah. That's how creepy I mean, and weird this culture is. In the moment. You have to blame the individuals who committed the act. That's fine. They should get punished, whether it's a slap on the wrist or goes on their permanent record, whatever. In the moment, poor decision-making skills. But beyond that, what we're talking about is the issue, the culture, that, that brainwashing that allows you to be in that moment and be in that headspace and make those horrible decisions. We, we've spent a lot of time on this show talking about how stupid it is when fans of teams get into fights. Yeah. Like Dodgers giant stuff, Raiders Chiefs stuff, you know, fill it in here. It happens every single year of every single sport, every single season. I mean, that's just the culture that allows you to think it's a life and death situation that your team lost a game and they didn't win when you spent money for a ticket. Grow up. And it's just the same as this brainwashing culture for these kids. Like, you mentioned, like, greasers versus socias, Hatfield, McCoys. Like, there's student brawls outside of the stadium almost every single college game. The culture has to stop. This is entertainment. This isn't life or death. This well, is not the whole rest of your existence. And the word you just used multiple time culture, hey, maybe strike that, rip it out of your vocabulary, use institu institutionalization. Like mm. there is like a brainwashing here to this thing. It is. Yeah. It, it. I don't know. It's it's incredible to me. It's it's the darkest and grossest thing, and it involves children. I get it. They look like grown men. I spend a lot of time around college athletes. I spend most of my days in a seven day week around college athletes. They are not of the mental mm -hmm. capacity that you sports fan believe them to be. No. Right. We're talking about children. Here's a, like, I'm not making this up. They don't know how to put liners in crock pots. They don't know how to boil <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Like, they don't get it. They yeah. don't get life. And you're going to tell them to go out there and harm others? Nah. Miss me. Miss me, Michigan State. Miss me, Michigan. Miss me, all of them. Penn State. Gross and weird and stupid. Also, so is the NBA. And we'll go into that whenever we get back. Hey, put an extra commercial on this one so I can breathe, Robert. Gotcha. <laughs> Sorry I lost my stuff, boys. I'm normally funny. You guys know me well. Like, I'm normally a funny dude. You are? Interesting. Two men on live <laughs> from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studios. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. Play on Team I-9. We have lunch. I'm having lunch tomorrow, boys, at the 6-6 Diner if you're interested. Come hang out. Boom. I'm going to be there at the opening hour, which is the 11 o'clock hour. Everyone knows that. And I'm going to get – so I go through the door first because I like to get in first. I eat my lunch. 
get my milkshake, get out. It's like an hour tops. It's it's basically the best lunch break that you can possibly take. And then this weekend, you know, because my lady's out of town, New Mexico's vodka, tell her vodka, don't think for a second that's not true. Howie Boom. Sports page every Monday night. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. I think one of my favorite things since we've gone to the weekdays, which we I guess we've been here over a year now, so I don't know why I'm still talking about it like it's new. But it's some of the new friends of the show, and Dan is one of those. Really appreciate Dan's time and Dan's oh. calls. Dan, welcome to the program. Looks like Dan hung up on us. Dan, oh, if you're Dan listening, call us back. Oh, Dan. I like him a lot. There are some dudes that know sports the way that I appreciate their knowledge of sports, and I think Dan is one of those dudes mm-hmm. where it's agree. It's not everything is gloom and doom. No. It's, it's, there's like an understanding. And, it, I t- and I think that's the fan base. I don't know what kind of feedback you guys get from the friends of the show, but – the friends of the show I run into around like the city and the state, they're they're like a very knowledgeable sports fan. Yeah, like sure, like for a quote unquote lack of professional team here, we are just dialed in to like the pulse of not just the play on the field but the culture around sports. And I'm real proud that so many sports fans in Albuquerque have brought us into that. Agree completely. It's it's a wonderful position to be in, where. We can do what we do, and let's be honest here, wasn't widely accepted at first, right? No, it was a different energy. You're right. It's a different energy. It's a different program. It's a different vibe. But now I think the the hardcore sports fan has re-gravitated and is able to find that beautiful little gray area and middle ground and, have, and listen to and have fun and participate in the show. Well, and Dan, I'm real sorry that Robert hung up on you. That's a classic Boom. Gibson mess around. Dan, wow. welcome back to the program. Wow. <laughs> See how they lie on me, Dan? Was it Robert? I had to take another call, man. <laughs> it's all good. What's hey, going um, on, brother? No, I like, I like Robert. I think he's got a good vibe. So I need to talk about this incident with the, the two Michigan schools. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. get it. Okay. They have lost all, all of these institutions. Coaches, presidents, athletes, parents, everybody have lost sight of the fact that this is an extension of the classroom. Mm -hmm. This is an extension of the classroom. If something like this were to happen in the halls of the lectures or at the sub at the university or something like that, dude, heads would roll. Yeah. Yep. This is just absolutely 100% unacceptable. I mean, the team, it, it, you know, everybody's going to say, oh, the team shouldn't suffer. It was just a handful of guys. It's a team. If the team screws up, everybody's affected. That well, team should not be allowed to continue playing this season. Not it's all all the, scholar, the scholarship kids and all, they just, you know what? Why don't you guys bag it for the season, concentrate on your GPA and, and on your people skills and on your respect skills. Let's get that under control before you're allowed, before you are allowed well, and Dan, don't to, hang participate, up, hear me for one second. to participate in an extracurricular activity. Everybody forgets that it's a school activity. You know, sit, these, sit with me on this one, Dan. Because I, could, the I, was, thing, I was blown away when I saw the video, guys. I was blown away. I could not believe what they did to that guy. 
The, you know well, I mean? hear me out here, Dan, because the thing you're jumping into with the classroom is real interesting because these athletes don't go to the classroom. Like the sure. second that football well, player gets to campus, they're told, hey, you, like, you're not going to mix with the normies. Like you're going to get weird online classes, and we're going to have an instructor come to this, and you guys are going to take them all group. And if there is a college athlete that wants to go to class, I tell you what, that's identified by the teammates, and they think it's weird, and they create a culture around that because they're not involved in and the you know university. What? They think they're bigger. That's my whole point. That's my whole point that they have lost sight of, of what it's really all about. Right. You know, you go to school on that scholarship to get an education. The, the percentage of young athletes that are going to become professionals in their sport is less than, what, 1%? Mm-hmm. That's way the less. top one-tenth of 1%. One percent. Yep. It's, it, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, and it, and it just flabbergasts me that they would just sweep this stuff under the table. Guys, I'll give you one little story, and then I'll, I'll get out of your hair. I had a, I had a varsity soccer team, girls' soccer team. We were not very good. We tried really hard. But my claim to fame was that those girls had the highest GPA per capita in their district for three years. Boom. We never went to districts. We never had a, a 500 season. But these were some brainy, smurf kids, and they appreciated the game and their education. I would love to see that return to the whole genre of sports and athletics in, in these, you know, institutions of higher education. It's just Dan, thank you. We, we've gone the wrong direction, guys. Thank you for letting me vent. Yeah, he's incredibly right. Well, I'll tell you what's interesting about – like programs outside of football, like you look at like a lot of collegiate programs, like Olympic sports, <coughs> like like women's sports primarily, yeah, like yeah. And the blessing that Title IX has been to so many, like like female athletes in college. There are a lot of really good college athletes at a very high percent. There are insanely good college athletes that go on to become really solid contributors to communities and families. And, Robert, you and I were talking about this morning at the Y. You and I are hooping, and we're talking about where we're from and where we're at. Mm -hmm. And the difference between me, the difference between Robert, the difference between Van is we all grew up in the same environment that all of our friends and people grew up in. The difference is people can see our growth because we have this thing. There are people from where we are from that are just as successful and just as prominent and have found their goals and their levels of success, and people aren't looking at them every day. Nope. So it doesn't register the same. But there's so much value in being able to grow through a university and be able to go and impact the rest of your life, and you will ruin it. You will ruin it if you fall to – I'm going to use the word zealotism again. You're going to fall to this weird cult-esque – is that too heavy? It's a cult. No, it's that's exactly no, I mean, what that's it is. That's the root. That's the root of the word culture, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. I don't. Fires. Look, me I mean, out, good. Man. Good and call then, by Dan. Thanks, Dan. And and I agree that a lot of these student athletes should be treated like any other student would be treated. You should not be treated special because you can throw a ball or hit a ball or swim or whatever it is, whatever skill you have that enables you to go to college and get a scholarship. But I think there is a thick line in the sand when it comes to Division One 
mm-hmm. college football, mm-hmm. especially when you're power five. This is a business. There you go. This is a money. This is a that's, money-making enterprise. That's the they difference. Hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. That's the difference. It's not like, hey, just be glad you're getting your scholarship. Okay, yeah. Say that to the swim team. Say that to the women's volleyball team. They're going to have great life experiences, meet lifelong friends, get an education, and hopefully become a better person and grow from it. That's not what Power Five Division One college football is. That is a business. Right. There is hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. It is wildly different. Well, and like Dan said, you know, I would have to find the graduation rate, but I know, like, I've been a part of a lot of senior days at a lot of universities, and it's not a quarter of the roster. Sure. It's not a quarter of the roster at all. Sure. I promise we're going to talk Nets whenever we get back. Two men on. <laughs> 95.9 FM. Hey, and over at Pro, like, over at Proby Networks, Comcast Channel 26, Adrian, I know I adjusted my chair. I'll fix it. I'm sorry. <laughs> FM and AM 610, the sports animal. All right, so I caught a text. You mess with me right now? What are you doing? (laughs) You mad at me about something? All right, so I caught a text during the break, boys. Okay. I was advised by a friend of the show that we should maybe take one segment off before the Nets. Do something a little lighter. Yeah, because that one, the, the Nets one, it, it's it's not light at all. It's not light. No. Therefore, and I was saving it for a special occasion, but I got a real problem with people who dress their dog up at Halloween and take them trick-or-treating. I think it's stupid. I think <gasps> fur baby is a stupid idea. Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're going to my door yeah. and you're trying to get candies at my door on Halloween when there are children there, what do you, you want my chocolate? Is that for your dog? Are you coming to my door to get chocolate for my, my for your dog? Because give it to him right now. You're, like if that's what you're doing, you live that life. Why am I still fired up? You're in my wheelhouse now. That makes <laughs> no sense to me at all. No sense. <laughs> uh oh, I feel like Van has something to say. I don't have enough time. <laughs> You're both so wrong. Dress up the cute little adorable dog. Oh, put a costume on it. No. Take him, put him in a stupid costume and take him to the dog park and, and then go trick-or-treating with your dog. What do it you think the other adorable. dogs say? What do you think the other dogs say? Look how dumb you look. <laughs> That's what they say. You can do they're like, it. There's like, whoa, is that you and all your friends? All you and all your dog friends dressed up as the whole team from, <laughs> from uh, I, I was going to say Joe Dirt. What's that guy's name? Tiger King? Oh, my God. You and you and the whole dog <laughs> park dressed up as Tiger King? I love it. That's what they say to each other. To, to me, and just hear Joe me Dirt. out. I I'm, dug deep for that one. Where did yeah, that come that was, from? It was kind of parallel, though. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insanely parallel. Cousins. You can dress up your dog and take your dog with your kid to go Halloweening. That's fine. If you don't yeah. have children, you do not take your dog out solely. That's the rule. Because it's your... Because it's your fur baby. Fur, do you, hey, do you remember when I had the dating app? If you told me you had a fur baby in your dating app profile, that's a left. Like, I don't have any interest in finding energy in my life that is you because you're weird. Like, you, you can dress your dog up, and you can take him to a fun doggy, like, talent show. You can take him to a, a fun doggy okay. fashion show, and you can okay. win gift cards to a brewery. Okay. I'm in on that. 
Okay, now that you quantified your argument with the fact that is single adults with a air quotes fur baby, oh, I am very anti that. Don't yes. you dare okay. come onto my property being a lonely single adult with a dressed up dog. <laughs> I thought you meant all dogs getting oh, dressed up. No. In this one specific no. situation, Wait, well, I hate to admit it, but I agree with no, you. No, I'm still with it. <laughs> dogs are dogs. That's what they are. I don't need for them to be dressed up or forget it. I don't care. I don't care if you got a kid or not. It's weird to me. I think it's adorable. Would, if it's yeah. if it's part of a family and you tie it into your whole family's costumes, okay. super go adorable, crazy. Okay, I yeah. love every second right. of it. Y'all got me sounding like Michael Vick over here. But if you <laughs> <laughs> if you come up to my house on Halloween, a single adult without a child, and you dress up your dog and you ask me for candy, I am calling the police because there is something. <laughs> There is something way more wrong with whatever you got going on in your life. Here's why I have a problem with it. All right, so Sunday I take Tasia. We go to three places. We go to the rail yards. We go to the elementary school, and we go to this little festival they had in Knob Hill. That's a good day. Yes, Sweet. she was very tired. I was too. She got all the balloon animals. Uh, that all, was adorable. Yes. Adorable. Babies, adorable. Whole thing. Here's my problem with the animals that people put in costumes. If I see an animal in costume, that means it's a docile, nice animal, right? It should think. be. I would think, yeah. And then if I think it, my kid thinks it, other kids, they want to come around. I've ran into people who had their animals or dogs dressed up and kids try to pet them and they grab their animals like, oh, no, he doesn't want anyone to pet him. Get that monster out of here. Take him back home. Why did you bring Cujo? Why exactly? What did you dress him up as? Rabies. Children. What is your dog? Rabies. That's what it is. Join. Yes. Join your join your little dog cult Facebook group. Right. You guys have your own private parties. Stay away from children. Yes. With your I don't care if your pit bull is dressed up like a friggin' honeybee. Get it away from the children. Hey, but also, if you're a family of five and you go as Homer and Marge and Bart and Lisa and Maggie and Santa's little helper is there with you, I'm 100% in on that. Like, I got zero yes. problem with that. Yeah, that's a great example. Do that. Dogs are dogs. Let them be. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm not oppo dog, but I'm really oppo bad dog. Yes. Like, anyone who's, like I hate bad dogs. I hate yes. when my, like, I feel for them. Like, I feel like this isn't your fault. This is your this is your owner. Yes, they made them bad. Yes. Yes. yes that's exactly owner, what it dog. is. Yep. Yeah. Dogs don't want to be bad. Dogs this. Dogs just want to be super cool and oozy. <laughs> this, may, this may come off a little final solution-y, but there are already way too many dogs, okay? Oh, no. There is way too many dogs already. The overpopulation problem is already a huge issue, not only in the United States, but, oh, my God, in South America, mm. there's, like, villages where they don't uh, neuter their dogs. And the dogs have taken the town over. Human beings have had to leave their home because they don't neuter these dogs. And these dogs go wild and feral. And then they attack you and eat all your food and take over your town. No. And then you got to move to the next village there, over. No, no, no. I wish I would move because of some dogs. I wish I would. <laughs> Nah, 
Not happening. <laughs> I'm not going to say my solution, but you, I think you guys get the gist of it. That's true. <laughs> I like how Van was like, all dogs go to guana. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's. I don't Do think not. that's. Do that's not, not correct. Let these dogs take over. They will. Yeah. I live in Borellis. There are wild gangs of dogs, uh, cats. Like, the worst one is the Chihuahua gang. You got to watch out for these dogs. There's like 20 of them. They all get out of their homes at night and they get in these wild packs and they'll chase you down nah. to see if you're holding any carne asada. They will come at you. It is dangerous out here in these streets. There's only Welcome. one there's only one sound that you will get from me out of that. Burr! That's it. <laughs> That's it. I'm not playing. Welcome to the beautiful United Republic of Tanzania. We have a beautiful coastline, uh, approximately a population of 31 million. And, of course, that is only dwarfed by 64 million dogs. (laughs) No. No. Terrifying. Also, I have no idea how many people live in Tanzania. Whenever we get back, New New Jersey. That had to be close, right? Sure. I'm not going to Google it. I'm not Googling it. No no one's going to fact check that one. (laughs) If we were to do trivia on Tanzania, the three for us would go like O oh, for every question. Yes. We would have no idea. Yeah, for real. I know it's yes, on the it, east. yes, it is a country. Oh no, I got. I do know <laughs> one fact about Tanzania. Give it to okay. me before I go because I'm not coming back to you, it. Do you know what the Mpemba effect is? Of course not. Okay, Mpemba effect means uh, blah, 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 blah. What, you could have hot water and put it in the freezer, and it freezes the same as regular water. I believe that's what it is. What does that even mean? Like, exactly. And then and the, the doctor's name was Mapemba, and he was from Tanzania. And I don't know why I still remember that. Hey, when the only thing going on in Tanzania for science is a freezer, <laughs> miss me with their studies. <laughs> miss yeah. me entirely. I got to look it up. Talk, New Jersey Nets talk, which I guess they're in Brooklyn now. Also, I got to turn the game on, so I'll be right back. It's two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Congratulations to Steve Nash on his early parole. <laughs> hey, good on him for getting out of there. What a disaster that is. I'm happy for the guy. Let me do this. Let me step aside for one second because I got an echo coming from Van. You boys take Okay. They, okay. man, they needed a scapegoat. You knew if once this all went down, he was going to be the scapegoat. Oh, 100%. I just no, don't I like you. the fact that they used him and not really talked about the real issue on that team, which is Kyrie Irving. Van, do me a favor. Back out of the Zoom call real quick and then come back to us. So, to me, the thing that Steve Nash – because I think Steve Nash could coach. I think Steve Nash can handle a lot of everything. It might be resolved now. It looks like the yep. meeting went on. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Uh, I reloaded whatever. Well, well, it don't matter to me. Don't even yep. – yeah, none, we're good now. It's not for air. Okay, bye. So the Steve Nash stuff is interesting because he needed to go. Like, because, and this is not going to fix any of the Nets' problems, which we're about to get into at length. Right. But to me, what's interesting is – he got out, and it's like, and you're like, well, Fred, what 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 are the Nets going to do? They got to have a head coach. You got to have a guy that's going to do it. Boys, they're going to do the dumbest. They're going to do the one thing. 
They're going to do the one thing they can do. The, like, if you were like, hey, how do you, like, I know you got, like, three really bad versions of cancer. Can we add one more to it? Can we just <laughs> go get – listen, we know that it's going as possibly bad as it could be going for, for you. We can't make it worse, right? Let's get this Udoka cat in here. Let's go get the most grossest, recently exiled, removed from, and by the way, if you've dove into this story after it kind of went away, only got weirder. So it shows you the Nets did their quote-unquote own research. Good job, Kyrie. Yep. To make this thing happen. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. The Nets' culture and existence. Hey, good for Steve Nash. I'm, I'm a Steve Nash fan again. Hey, well, let's let's yeah. rewind a little further, <sighs> and then the in the Nets disaster that is this franchise. Remember how they were sold to a Russian gangster? Do you remember that? <laughs> and then when the Russian gangster got sick of just siphoning off money and losing, they sold it to the world's biggest sweatshop owner. Yeah, like. Let's start there. Look here, y'all. Y'all are way off base. Who cares? Who cares about all of this? I am with the Udoka. If I hope he gets to become the coach, because I want all of the bad guys on one side, and I want them all to win. That all of this will be forgotten about if he writes the ship. NBA is about winning. They don't care. Udoka's a good coach. All that other stuff aside, he didn't break a law. He didn't do anything outrageously Just not human. He was he he did what he did, okay? The problem is the Nets need to win and they need a coach who can manage those guys. Well, and talking about not caring, it's real interesting to me how NBA player doesn't seem to care about Kyrie Irving. And that's wrong. Cause, and that's incredible to me. Cause, right, cause what, are we like a month removed from Robert Sarver? Is it that? And everyone in the NBA is lambasting Robert Sarver. Deservingly. Deservingly. Sure. Who was a racist. Who was an idiot. Who was a sexist and a bigot. And then Kyrie Irving, who I won't even joke around and say your boy, someone's name, the way that I always do. Because he's no one's boy. Uh-huh. Is an anti-Semite. Where is the NBA right now? Like screaming for Kyrie's head. He's got to go. He's got to go. It's horrible. He just, just like Kanye, he just keeps re-upping himself. That's exactly it. digging in deeper. You know, don't forget about all the COVID stuff. Don't forget about all the flat earth stuff. Don't forget that he thought the government put micro machines into the COVID vaccine. So black people couldn't get boners anymore. Mm-hmm. Don't don't gloss over the fact that he has been an insane person for a long time. The anti-Semitic <laughs> stuff is just the newest one. Yeah, because now this is where they need to get rid of him because it's going deeper and deeper. And that's where it gets more dangerous. Just like with this anti-Semitism, then he comes back, shares a... a what is this, a story of Alex Jones on his Twitter? Yeah. Yes. And then he says, I don't believe what he says about Sandy Hook shootings. I just believe what he said about secret societies in America of occults. 
to be true. Mm-hmm. And if you believe that, that's fine. That's what you say. Alex Jones isn't the dude you hit your wagon to to tell that story or give that message. In Alex Jones' defense, oh I wow, I'm saying oh that wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut that one out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing he's gotten right in his whole career was this Bohemian Grove secret society stuff. Everything else, he is a madman and needs to be put in a straitjacket and a, shot, a sock stuffed in his mouth. Well, He's I'm, an insane he, person. Well, Do not hitch your wagon to Alex Jones, Kyrie. Well, You're making it worse. Well, I'm sure, and, and I hope this doesn't go the wrong way, I'm sure Hitler said, hey, it's a great day today, one day of his life. Sure. That's not yeah. the guy you go to and say, he said uh, it was a great day. That's yeah, wrong. Hit, Hitler loved his dog. Yeah, he's yeah. got to go. Kyrie Urban has to go. Well, and what's I think that we're missing a little bit is the late because he endorses this like anti-Semitic film, and he he does all this stuff like, and he doesn't just do it in like his weird inner echo chamber circle. He does it publicly, and what like you've you've lost benefit of the doubt to me. Yeah, like, I no longer doubt that you are crazy. Yeah. I know that you are crazy. And not crazy in the, like, oh, that's a fun girl I met at the bar way. Like, crazy in a dangerous way. Crazy yeah. in an influence others way. And then it gets even bigger for me. And, hey, I feel like often we go into these weird talks about, like, culturalism and racism. And, and I guess that's part of sports and life. Yeah. And I'm a part of it. But, yeah. like, where are the boys in the NBA? Where's yes. the Players Association? Because when Sarver hates the blacks, mm-hmm. they're there. I'm when glad Kyrie you brought Irving that up. Hates the Jews. Not where the, everyone at? Well, they're just you, slowly backing into the giant hedge, like the Homer Simpson meme. They're like, "Oh, well, he can he can handle this one on his own." We're not saying anything either way. Well, it's y- despicable. Y'all know he why? Be outed. He should be chastised in public by his peers. Let's let's be real. Let's go back to what you said, uh, Fred. Majority of the players in the NF, in the NBA are black. Right. Stars are black. So you got to placate to the whole black movement, Black Lives Matter, which they did. And we talked about this before. That's a that's a money-making machine. Let's be real. That's what it is. Now, when it comes to this, the anti-Semitism, they're quiet because there's not a visible Jewish player. Oh, we're not hurting anybody that that it's on our you know, it's in our league. That's what it is. That's what the NBA is. That's the difference between the NBA and the NFL. If you're not in the league and some stuff comes out and it's some hatred stuff, well, we don't have that many in the league. It's not going to hurt us. That's what I think it is. Hmm. To me, the interesting – and I'm not not trying to say you're wrong. I'm just going to, like, add this to it. Whenever we were talking about Sarver, a lot of the – I feel the verbiage I was hearing was – um, zero tolerance. Yep. Equality. Exactly. Like you're using mm-hmm. you're using buds words that are all encompassing, and what you're not doing is you're leaving one out. You're yep. not encompassing one. Yep. And because it, like, if you want to say, "Hey, I hate that dude because he hates people who look like me," heck yeah. Yep. I'm your fan. Let's go on that. But if you're going to say, "I hate that dude because he doesn't treat everyone fairly and equally," then you also have to be that thing. Yep. Because right. otherwise, you're claiming to hate yourself. Yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong across the board. Um, and this is another thing. Let's be real. If, t- if Kyrie wasn't as talented as he was, he'd have been gone. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> he'd have been gone. Oh, duh. <laughs> yeah. So fast. Yeah. Just so fast. 
Um, with the, I mean, it's not like number one. It's it's his his stature as an NBA All Star. Number one. Yes. But he has softened us up for this blow. Mm-hmm. He he has watered down the dialogue so bad to where he can publicly make anti-Semitic comments, and we're just like, oh, Kyrie's at it again. Instead of get that racist anti-Semite out of the league, get a microphone out of his face. You can't stand behind that. He can't. What 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 is next? Is my question. When does he level up? What's next? I don't want to see what's next, because that's exactly what he's. That's what exactly what he's doing. He's going deeper and deeper. It's just going to get worse and worse. I'm gonna I'm gonna feel bad for not knowing this guy, so I apologize. Uh, plays for Atlanta, a cat named Denny Avija. Avija, I'm not sure, uh, but he looks to be the most prominent uh, Jewish basketball player. Yes, obviously MVP of the Israeli Basketball Premier League, um, but he's the most relevant one in the game. And obviously, as far as contributions on the court, he's, he's not there because name didn't come to mind, right? But sure. Do you, are you saying, Robert, you feel that, and I know we got to grab one and we will after this. Robert, are you saying that you feel there has to be a prominent voice from that community to, to counter Kyrie because voices from other communities, either one, don't have the confidence in doing it, or two, don't want to do it? No, I'm, no, I'm saying the league. The league is not taking action because they feel like, well, we don't have prominent players that are Jewish and it's not hurting them, so it's not hurting us. That's the whole reason why I feel like the NBA jumped on Black Lives Matter because all of the stars are black. I, f- I really feel that way. That's, I mean, that's a fair point. Uh, I think and a it's lot bad. Of it, it's I mean, wrong. You even saw it. It trickled down into hockey. Like, I, I know NBA has to be the most prominent of the outspoken voices, but I don't think that's the whole intention because all of that started with the players and then the teams and then the league as a whole had to jump on. But to, to, to counterpoint or really just show the other side of the point, it's you can't name an Israeli player. Fred, you had to Google mm-hmm. it. Had to Google it. You yep. had to Google it. Like, of course. I mean, how many, okay, how many African-born players can you name? How many Eastern European-born players can you name? Like, everywhere, every part of the friggin' world is represented. And if these guys, if this, uh, another subgroup, would be chastised and oh my gosh the hebrew people it just doesn't stop for them these poor guys well it and, never you stops know, you don't have to be you don't have to be from israeli proper no to be yeah. I mean, it, no yeah, exactly it's all over the world yep it's all over the world and, they, and and i get that you know maybe it's not it's i'm mean, not maybe it's absolutely not the prominence of some other belief systems but it's still an identifiable group of individuals right. that can be targeted sure. and they're being targeted I, and, I just, and i'm not no, I just feel like the NBA doesn't feel their bottom line will be affected or ha- can be affected right now. We've seen yeah. – we saw those fans in New Jersey. They were sitting on the front court. Now, that's what hurts the NBA, the visual. That visual hurt them. Now, if, it, if that, more of that happens, then we're going to see some things happen. But so Whenever they put out press releases and they spell anti-Semitic wrong. Wrong. And then they have – yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 
because because that's how little they know. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's let's step away for a second. We're gonna come back because I'm not trying to misconstrue that I think that every professional athlete needs to be like a social justice warrior. Like I know the three of us, it's coming off that way. The three of us obviously participate in local Black Lives Matter events. The three of us regularly put effort into community, but that's just because how we're wired. And mm-hmm. not everyone has to sure. be us. But you have, if sure. you're going to claim a standard, you have to live that standard. Yes. Where we get back more two men on live from multiple John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studios. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion on Coffee Play on Team I-9. Start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. Lunchtime, well, that's the 66 Diner. Everyone knows that. The weekend is for New Mexico's Vodka, Teller Vodka, and Mondays is at Howie Sports Page. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. <laughs> Specifically right now, the New, the New Jersey Nets of Brooklyn, New York City, Borough. Why do you boys feel like it's so tough? I guess this is in all professions, not just the NBA. Why do you feel it's so tough to hold your peers accountable? Because I think punching up was easy for the NBA, NBA when they were going at Sarver. And now there's a resistance to to like a peer-to-peer ridicule that is right now Kyrie Irving. Bryce Harper deposits one in the friggin' Allegheny. Philly's up to rip. I, I think it's this, Fred. NBA players, look at how they are out of season. They're so close. They're really friends, and I think – a lot of them also want to protect who they are when it comes to their businesses and their image and their brand and all of that. Right. I think that's where it all stems from. I really do. Think about it. They do movies together. They vacation together. They're boys. They go out. They party together. So even if they did disagree, they they prop, they definitely is not going to say it publicly they might shoot him a text or hey hey bro that ain't it but as far as being out public with it mm-mm. even to, piggy, to piggyback on that like they they have except for Kyrie Irving who's obviously a maniac they have the same social causes they help each other's foundations mm-hmm. for their communities yeah, there we go like they help build houses and build hospitals and I mean and there's a common thread Obviously, basketball is an international game, but the NBA, we know what the majority of the league looks like. We know how the majority of the league grew up like. There are certain tropes that are a common bond to the majority of the NBA, and they're going to support each other. And instead of like throwing somebody under the bus like Kyrie, which I think should happen, Make him an example so everyone else has it better. But there is a brotherhood, uh, a double entendre there, but there's a brotherhood that they support each other, and they're not going to dive into it that far. They're not going to stick their neck out to either chastise or stick their neck out to support Kyrie in a situation like this. So that's interesting to me, right, that support aspect, because in this brotherhood you're talking about, why isn't there an education on 
the stereotypes and understanding anti-Semitism. Like, why, like, hey, it's really easy to sit here and have a narrative on, on slavery. It's really mm-hmm. easy to sit here and have a narrative on social inequity. The Holocaust was 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, in, in, the, in the timeline of things, that's five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and the idea that there's just this chosen ignorance because there's maybe a stereotype that, like, hey, the media, hey, the banks, hey, the rich, hey, the whatever – so it's okay. You like these stereotypes don't bring harm. They don't bring damage. To me, that's well incredibly ignorant. And there should be an idea. And I'm not saying you got to learn everything about every topic. But I'm saying if there's a blanket acceptance that one thing is acceptable because you choose or chose not to learn about it, you got to miss me with that. You got to miss with the idea that it's not okay. Excuse me, you have to miss me the idea that it's okay to not know because you never knew. Mm-hmm. Like, use that brotherhood as an initiative to help each other understand, to help better but it for everyone. Before, just want to say one thing. I'm going to tell you, just to pull some curtains back, just for me being a black man, the problem is a lot of people pit these two, when I'm talking about, you know, slavery and uh, the plight of black people and, and right. Jewish people, they pit them against each other. Oh, sure. this one was worse. This one was. Yeah. And that's a lot of the miseducation. You said Wayne was with us? Yes. Friend of the show, Wayne, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking my call. It's weird, though, how, like, they want you to be a specific way, but then if you're not, they're almost chastising you against being the culture that they're stereotyping you to be, mm-hmm. which is kind yeah. of ironic. Like, I mean, you're, 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 you're almost expected to be a certain way as far as culture wise and if someone goes outside of that they're deemed as racist when in reality we we all have different ways of of expressing ourselves and i don't think everybody's and maybe it's not always in good taste i agree but that's 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 people's opinion and that's that's the freedom of this country is to have that but when we're almost like fit into a stereotype and being and have this like where where we're always seeing that certain races are oppressed when in reality these nba players are not raised in the same culture that some of these kids initially grew up being in. There, there are a lot more privileged uh, environments and privileged cultures, so they don't really have some of those same views that maybe some of these athletes had 20, 30 years ago growing up trying to get into the NBA. So I think, yeah, it, it does appeal to a specific culture, but I think you're going to get – you have a lot of people that have different views and different values that don't really fit into the niche of what they're trying to, to portray by some of these athletes – when some of these athletes don't even have those struggles or, or, or have the same culture as these kids they're trying to portray or, or they're trying to market towards. Wayne, I'm, I'm a big counterculture guy. I know I personally hold some beliefs, um, whether it be on government structure or history or, you know, pull one out of your hat, that are counter to a lot of mainstream ideas, counter to the two people that I do this show every day. So I have a lot of respect for having uh, discerning opinions, having different opinions, being a little counterculture. And I 100% wholeheartedly believe in free speech. But this is hate speech. That's where I draw the line. And I think it's a very easy line to be drawn. You know, for years I ran a Boys and Girls Club, boys, and I would talk regularly about uh, to like the kids at the club. I would say, hey, it's okay to not like someone. It's not okay to convince other people to not like someone. And that, to me, it was always like a real, like, stand, like an easy way to communicate to kids 
that that it, it's kind of wrong to push those initiatives. And I do recognize the irony. I think Wayne is probably aware of this, where the three of us will target individuals who target individuals. Like, mm. what are, are we bullying bullies? Like, is is this what is this what saves the world? I don't think so. I do, but I know I'm. I'm like, you feel that way? Right? <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. You got to call them out. Like, you 100% have to call them out. <laughs> Wayne, when you were talking about uh, not having exposure to that uh, that upbringing, are you talking about in growth or are you talking about as they become a professional? Like, what what is your viewpoint on the understanding of, of relationship to, to, like, an identified culture? Um, so I think a lot of times when it comes to, like, uh, I guess, urban cultures and, and the black community they're not they're not oppressed as as, as people perceive them to still be and they're, they're not in a position where they're at any kind of disadvantage uh, sometimes ironically sometimes it's the opposite my son was benched because some tall black kid became joined his team and got benched because he assumed the coaching staff assumed he was a better athlete based on his ethnicity and his size and i told my son who was a Hispanic male or half white male, I told them just work harder and prove yourself otherwise. I think, but there's, I don't think that there is there any really oppression. And I think that's what we still thrive for in this culture is that there's certain races that have certain oppressions and cultures that are, 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 are brought down based on race. And I don't, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's really race thing at all. I think it's a cultural thing and a demographic thing and nothing to do with race, but people unfortunately make a lot more about that than it needs to be because I don't think that's really the case at all with these athletes, for sure. I disagree. But, okay, I want to speak specifically (laughs) to uh, your child. That was the coach being ignorant. That's what that was. I agree. That's very ignorant. Um, He shouldn't shouldn't even be a coach, to be honest with you. But as oh, yeah, he's, he's no longer at Trisker Heritage yeah. anymore, but that's what he was at. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you named it. I'm glad you named the school. Nice. <laughs> um, he keeps receipts. Yeah. Uh, as far as race is still, unfortunately, a big issue and a big problem, I want to go back to what you said earlier about how the athletes aren't – they don't have the um, – the issues that, you know, we, we grew up with, like, Lou Alcindor and Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown and all of those. Right. They, were do, they were fighting different battles, but the battle is still here. The problem is I think people see that these athletes are making a lot of money and they're saying, what are you crying about? Now, the ish, the, the, here's, here's, the, here's why I say that's wrong because at the end of the day, you're, you're still it, – it, it goes back to that coach you just had. You still have people who think that way. The ignorance, right. it don't matter how much money you have, they're still going to view you lesser than what you are. I think too many people feel like, okay, these athletes, they're stars, they're LeBron, he's everywhere, and, you know, racism's gone. Nah. LeBron, at the end of the day, is still a brother. And if you sure. run into someone like your coach – who has that ignorance, which is a lot of people, unfortunately, in America, sure. around the world, they don't give a damn. You're still what I think you are. And I think that's where the, the issue lies a lot of the times. Let's do that. No, no, I, I, I agree. There's, there's definitely racism is not gone. I totally agree with that. But I think the cultures that some of, the, some of these athletes have grown up is not the same demographic as some of the younger kids grew up with. But uh, they, have a lot, they have a lot more privileges, I guess, than – in, in previous cultures Shoot, in that environment. But I agree with you. Racism is definitely not over, and I, I definitely frown upon it a lot. But I think it's um, – I don't want – I mean, they have a lot more opportunities than they have ever had before. But that's just my take. Yeah. You guys have a good day. I appreciate the time. I really do. 
fire call, Wayne. Thank you. Yeah, the, thanks, Wayne. Let's grab a thanks break for the discussion, get, Wayne. We'll come, we'll come back and revisit this because I think kind of the, the final bow on this <laughs> package is taking it back to the Sarver conversation real yeah. quick because he had decades of existence in this world. And whenever the, the labor force became comfortable enough to speak together against it. I think that was a gigantic turning point, yeah. and we'll have we'll try to incorporate that conversation into Kyrie Irving. It's two men on ninety five point nine. Good call, Wayne. Great call. Ten a.m. I didn't see who it was, Van. Did you? Uh, I'm like three seconds behind you. Bomb, Alec Bomb. This umpire solo shot. is doing a horrible job so far. I know oh, your boy Al- isn't exactly objective here, but two <laughs> Astros players got rung up on balls. Well, Alec Baum just hit one 373 feet off the bat at 109, and he puts the Phillies up three rip. And that is the 1,000th home run in World Series history, boys. So there you go. Put that on your put that's, that on your whatever's list. That's it? Without, that was, oh, I didn't even hit home runs for the first 50 <laughs> years of the World Series. That's true. Like, <laughs> you, see, you see how spoiled I am? I'm like, it's like 50 home runs every World Series. It's because we only got like hit couple... one for like the first eighty years of baseball. <laughs> <Yeah>. True. <laughs> the uh, the quickest little hitter on this is my last thought on the Nets before we take this thing to a lighter out. Sarver, who was an idiot and a bigot and a racist for decades, went without reaction from the labor force for that entirety of time, just up until about a month ago. Is it going to take that long for there to be a group confidence enough to air resistance against like ignorant concepts such as Kyrie is presenting, or is this is this going to linger for some time? Well, I think I think we touched on it a little bit that his peer groups not calling him out, right? Fellow players aren't saying anything. Players' association isn't saying anything. His teammates aren't saying anything. So I think that's going to allow this to fester and grow and get worse. Because, you know, Kyrie's anti-COVID, anti-vax stuff led to a lot of people in his community, in his, his, his demographic, people who, who hear his voice and believe what he says. It made it worse for them. It's going to be the same thing with these ideas uh, around the Jewish people. This, these anti-Semitic ideas aren't going to fall on deaf ears. Not everybody's like, no, that's not true. There's going to be a lot of open ears who are going to listen to it unless his peers call him out on it. I don't even think it should be left up to the peers. They all work for the NBA. That's who has to do this. That's who has to come down on the chopping block. Going back to Sarver, you had you had Sterling, same way. They that yeah, was the thing. known thing for years. And the only reason why sure. he is out of the NBA is because it was recorded by his ex girlfriend. Yeah. So until and the and the only reason then that they kicked him out is because they knew it was gonna hurt their dollars. Until you know, that happens with Kyrie, this is nothing. They're not they're gonna keep riding the same train they've always done. You know, steal a little bit of your lexicon, Rob, too. If you were to be like, Hey Fred, um, NBA Player Association effort against, like, racism and bigotry. I'd be like, that's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's wild. 
it's full of crap, right? Yep. Because a yes. little bit, it's yes. like you can't claim to be like a paragon of like progressiveness, and yes. and you can't you can't claim to be like like the open culture of thought of an entire community of people, and then refuse to do the bare minimum when it comes to blatant racism that doesn't directly impact you. This goes you, back to not to cut you off. This, no, there's, a, there's a parallel between why I did not have any happiness or sympathy for Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, Mr. Black Lives Matter for the Celtics, wore T-shirts during the Eastern Conference Finals, and I stand with George Floyd. But when Kanye said what he said about George Floyd, very hurtful. When he said the things about slavery, nothing moved the meter for Jalen Brown. He was like, you know what, I'm sticking with him. What are y'all, what's the problem? Someone got in his ear. Then he was like, okay, I'm stepping away from Donda Sports. That's the reason why you don't have, you know, Kyrie's peers because a lot of them think that way. Like, it's cool to say it on film and all that, but when it comes down to actually action, nah. Mm -mm. You talking about a silent majority? Yep. Ooh. Yep. That's what it is. Jalen Brown was remember he he put the tweet out. I stand with Donda Sports and somebody got in his ear like nah, bruh. New. If in, he really felt that way, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have said what he said. In his defense, his original rationale, which I believe was incorrect, but his rationale was more focused on the families that work for Donda Sports and the outreach that Donda Sports has in the community how Kanye doesn't have the direction like they're doing a lot of good work besides the garbage that comes out of his mouth. I don't think that's enough, but I understand his rationale. When you say silent majority, Rob, do you mean because silence is approval? Like you don't necessarily mean that it's the same train of thought. You mean because you do nothing similar to Michigan State player who watches mm -hmm. Michigan State player. You mean that's a level of acceptance? Yep. Pretty much. Brandon Marsh, solo shot. 4-0, Phillies out in front. We'll take our last Wheels break. Wheels are falling off of this mother. Whenever we get back, World Series talk and a little bit of the lighter side. Been a heavy episode of the program. What are Tuesdays about all of a sudden? No, yeah, Figure it out. Man. This is that tacos. This is 100% <laughs> What happened boy. to tacos and tecates? Light, feel, fun, fluffy Tuesdays. I feel like I just dropped like a... Like a hot one at third bit. Like, E me. This is on me, boys. I'll make it up tomorrow. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Oh, this is my jam right here. Oh, my bad. Baseball <laughs> has decided to do a second home run derby at the very end of the year. So this is kind of a fun thing to watch. Well, I, I'm really excited for Phillies fan that they have to go through what I went through in game one when the Astros storm back from being down. When Brandon Marsh comes off after hitting this solo shot, Tuck players come mash. out of the dugout, Robert, and he uh, he just he just scissors all of them. No, he, no. So he just gave full scissors. Yeah, I'm not watching so. the World Series at all. <laughs> so good. There's I didn't know we had of, Morris Day in the time in our rotation. That's my song. Not familiar with that work. Also, Kyle Schwarber.
puts a no foul. Uh, you're not familiar with Morris Day and the Time, the band who was cheated out of the 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 Battle of the Bands and Purple Rain. That Morris Day and the Time. Do you think the I've clear, seen Purple Rain? The clear winner. Jeez. Say what? He is deprived, man. Boys, I don't watch things. I don't watch anything. That made Name me a sad thing. a little bit. There's, I haven't seen, you haven't seen there's, there's the actually, cinematic masterpiece of Purple Rain. There's actually two wrestlers in that. You need to oh, watch I'll, it. I'll watch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesse the Body Ventura wears a lot Love. of purple boas. You need to watch it. He's a dude. <laughs> when I was a kid, it was all about the Princess Bride. I can't tell you a single thing about it except, anybody want a peanut? That's all I know. That's, that's all I know about the Princess Bride. Hi, lady. World, <laughs> World Series got canceled last night. That allowed families to trick or treat. That was nice. Good job, World Series. That's not what it's about. That Philadelphia is alive for this one, huh? First one since oh nine. They brought the they brought their Shoot. bats today. Four zero early. A little bit. We talked we talked about this earlier on the podcast going oppo with our friend Ryan Lavarnway, but I kicked out this beautiful little stat. That with more than six days of rest, Lance McCullers is undefeated over the past two years with a 1.91 ERA. And the Ryan jinx. snapped back and he said, oh, yeah, that's why he's getting hit tonight. Yep. Like, okay, okay. Well, Damn well it. I'm looking on Twitter right now. Someone says if Bryce, if Bryce Harper picked up Lance McCullers tipping and tipping his pitches – because they're saying he's tipping his pitches, and the Phillies suddenly know what the Astros are throwing. My goodness, the irony is absolutely amazing. Well, it, nah, he's just <laughs> hanging his he's hanging his curveball into the strike zone, and these giant men are hitting the ball really far. Wow! Here's for- a fun one before the before the game today. The Astros tried to order catering from Angelo's Pizzeria in South Philly. Don't do that. Don't they didn't. Do that. They didn't deliver it. Why? They took the order, told Why them it would, would be there, and it never showed up. Why would you order from, like, a local Philly place? You got to go, like, corporate overlords if you're the visiting team. Which one is more petty? Not delivering the pizza to the Astros or the Astros PR guy who's like, wah. Yeah, you keep that to yourself. Yeah, the right? PR guy. That's soft. Yeah. That's super sure. soft. So soft. Also, hey, they're like, uh, Angelo's is like, yeah, I know that would have been a pretty good little paycheck, but you know how much free advertising we're about to get? You know so many, much more. It's worth Yeah, you know so how many local f- <laughs> You got so smart. fans. After that stunt, you have millions of fans for life. Well, actually, yeah. the, the, in, the internal structure of Philadelphia is actually crumbling. The, the city can't support millions of people. But you have tens of thousands of fans mm-hmm. for life after pulling that stunt. Also, there's someone right now who's like, Angelo's Pizzeria? Do you mean pizza by Angelo's right down the street? That place is way better. Philly, let's get some better names here, boys. Let's figure this thing out. Rob, you got the podcast tonight? Yep, I have the podcast tonight. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. We got a guest. We're going to have a comedian on, Jake Otero. But we're not going to talk comedy Very stuff. Funny. I, I let him know. I don't want you. I don't want to hear your comedy story. I've heard his story. He's got a good story. He's funny. 
We'll be back on the program tomorrow. We got three full hours of it on a Wednesday. Yeah. Any final words, boys? Too much for the time allotted, my friend. But anything we didn't cover on the program today, make sure you check out tomorrow morning on the opening drive with Jeff, JJ, and Amory. Oppopodcast.com. Check out our sit-down with Ryan Barclay today. Our special guest was Josh Sushant, who you're familiar with, friends of the show. He is a hoot. He, he did very well today. He told very good stories. was very entertaining. Rob, final words? Uh, check out the BS show tonight, RobertButDGibson.com, 8 p.m. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow at Main Event to support JDRF. Okay.